Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. He's the legend. He's the Radio Hall of Famer, Rip and Reed, noon, overnight weekends, my friend Curtis Sliwa. How do you not like the Beatles? Let me tell you how visceral it is. As you know, on the weekends, I do the best side of the other side of midnight, six straight hours to the break of dawn. What do you mean the best side? You mean you're better than Frank Morano? Oh, hell, 10,000 10, times better. He's <laughs> in the Curtis Lee Radio Talk Show boot camp now <laughs> because he's fallen from grace. But anyway, so Tony Orlando without dawn comes on before me Saturday nights, two hours after Cousin Brucey. And he's really, oh, I'm hoping to get Paul McCartney. And so I come on right after him. I hate, I loathe, I despise Whoa. Paul McCartney Why? and the Beatles. Why? Tony Orlando had a meltdown. Let me tell you something. I don't know where Dawn went after that. He's on the phone with John Katsimatidis, who he's related to. He's a cousin. And he's screaming, I want Curtis's head. He's like everyone else who wants me fired, suspended, retracted. I'm trying to get Paul McCartney on. I'm trying to. This is Tony Orlando without Don. And my attitude to him was, I won't listen if you have Paul McCartney well, on. Well, let me just say this. Uh, I have been the one person who have gone against the tide. Not only do I not want you suspended or fired, I defend you. You know this all the time. Yes. And I put you on the show five days a week because, honestly, you're great. Uh, you belong. In fact, I, I said to a friend of mine this week, who's a very powerful New York radio guy, I said, uh, this year New York should put three people in the Radio Hall of Fame. Three. Craig Carton, Sid Rosenberg, and Curtis Sliwa. We should go in together. That's how great you are. But um, in this case, because you're bad-mouthing the Beatles, now I agree with everybody else. You should be fired. No, no, ours was a family feud. Let me take you back because you weren't even birthed, right? What were you, three years old? Minus three. You were pooping in your, your dirty water diapers at yeah. that time. I was born in 67, and the uh, Beatles made that visit 60 years ago today in 64, the year that Lou was born. Yes, all right. So now you walk into the Sliwa household. You were in the house in Canarsie. My sister, Alita, my older sister, she got seven years on me. She went to St. Brendan's in Sheepshead Bay. We had uh, what you called uh, the RCA TV 13-inch with the Victrola in the console. And she had the 45, the 7-inch uh, Love Me Do, the first Beatles song. Oh, so good. And she's playing it over and over and over. And so I'd say, equal time, equal time. But I'm, uh, well, I'm 10 years old. And eventually I was able to get equal time, and I played that song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, by my favorite group, the Rolling Stones, because they were at war. It was like civil war between Beatles and Rolling Stones. And i got to set the record straight. If, in fact, I ever do get that award that you suggested, I will dedicate it, not to somebody in talk radio, but a guy who never got credit where credit is due. Let me guess, Ron Jeremy. No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that freak... <laughs> By the way, from Forest Hills, right, Ron Jeremy? Is that true? Absolutely. And you know, this guy introduced Bob Dylan, Forest Hills, the tennis stadium, right, when they used to do concerts, and they booed Bob Dylan. 
They should not allow any concerts at the Forest Hill Center. They booed. They booed him. Booed Bob Dylan, who was shocked. You know, he was in a drug-induced psychosis. Uh, yes, yes. But you booing Bob Dylan? <laughs> you don't deserve concerts. Who was it? Murray the K and the Swinging Soiree. Sure. He was the fifth Beatle. WABC, they claims, uh, W.A. Beatles seat. They wanted nothing to do with the Beatles when they first came here. When they stayed at the Plaza Hotel Suite, who was broadcasting with the Beatles? Murray the K at WINS before they became all news. 7 to 11 at night. That's who I listened to. I've said it over and over here. I did not listen to WABC because it was only top 40. Murray the K and the swinging soiree show was amazing. He would start with Sinatra and then he'd go in and he'd always give narratives and talk. Well, he sounds a lot like Cousin Brucey to me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. These were great DJs, but he never got credit. In fact, he went on tour with them for a, he was in George Harrison's room in Miami broadcasting from there. Wow. And I didn't my, know any of this. My sister was such a Beatles fanatic. We would visit our Polish relatives in Chicago once a year, and my dad and mom would drive out. Oh, we're going to stop in Benton, Illinois. Why are we stopping in Benton, Illinois? That's when George Harrison first came in 1963 <laughs> when nobody knew him. His sister lived there. Well, nobody knew George Harrison at that time. So you're telling me... And we'll move on to the, uh, the next topic here momentarily. But there's not one Beatles song, Yesterday, Long and Winding Road, Hey Jude. There's not one Beatles song that you enjoy, not one. Yes, yes, it's when John Lennon broke away because of Yoko Ono, that group breaker, and then she started wailing, screaming, and yelling. <laughs> yeah. They should have used that at Gitmo. That could have broken Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, sleep deprivation. What the hell would he ever allow Yoko Ono out on a stage screaming uh, like she was having natural birth? <laughs> there it is. There you go. There's Yoko yeah, right there. there. And John Lennon would say, oh, it's so great. Here, puff, puff, pass. It's so great. By the way, they uh, they at one point staged a bed-in Lennon and Yoko? Yeah, I think it was in Amsterdam at the airport. I think you're right. Man, they didn't change the sheets. Oh, she was so nasty. And by the way, uh, John Lennon, didn't your mother ever tell you there in Liverpool that you got to change your underwear? I mean, it was really nasty. They're they're both gross. So um, it turns out, uh, Curtis, all the nice things you say about me and, and my God, what I do for you. You're going to speak Saturday at my major event at the Fifth Hold Avenue Synagogue. Hold on a second. Yeah. I almost had a run in here like Arthur McCanty Sr. You and Noam going back and forth, the greatest boxing referee of all time. <laughs> all the great heavyweight battles with Muhammad Ali. I had to be like Arthur McCanty Sr., who was from Long Island, separating you two. I thought it was going to be like, oh, my God, this was going to be like Haganah versus Ergun, where Very the good. Jews were at war with Very one good another. reference. Yes, well, I'm trying to make the point to Noam that even though my heart Breaks for these hostages, and I'm the guy that has now sat with Rachel Goldberg twice. Yes, yeah, great interview. Thank great, you, great. thank you. My heart breaks, but we cannot, we cannot do this. We are playing right into Hamas's hands. You see, that's the battle that takes place in Israel and here in America between Jews. There's no battle. Bibi knows what he has to do. It's the media. It's the White House. No, what he like has no one. Uh, Bibi knows what he has to do. May I disagree with you? He's got to do one thing. Yeah. Bomb Iran and take out that oh, nuclear no, weapons that's reactor. That's a whole other because story. Because the, the clock is ticking on him. I agree. And it would be nice if the United States helped him. Oh, they're not. I know they're not. But it turns out that with uh, me having you speak on Saturday night, me saying just moments ago you they, belong in they, the Radio Hall of Fame. They're going to let me speak? They're Some of those same speak. people who in the campaign against <laughs> Eric Adams called me an anti-Semite while he was a Farrakhan lover? Do I get to do I get to I fornicate and mad dog some of these people? 
You do. I, I don't think Eric is going to be there, but he can do whatever you no, want. No, no, no. Not Eric. No, okay. Some of your peeps. I understand. So that would be very nice. Here they're spending all this money to help honor me. You're going to kill him. But you are going to speak somewhere in between Dove Hyken, Lizzie Savetsky, and the rest of them. Oh, I, I'll, I'll be on. I'll be talking at 2 o'clock in the morning at that rate. <laughs> Jews don't know when to stop no, talking. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make it. Yentis, yentis. <laughs> hey, it's time. Hey, the Sandman. Bring the Sandman in from, from the Apollo Theater. Pull him off. <laughs> But with all that said, I find out you're cheating on me. What do I mean by that? Well, it turns out you've got this uh, love affair with my friend Sean Hannity. You're on Sean's show all the time. I know why Sean wants you. You are New York. There's no better New York guest. I'll include myself. There's no better New York guest than Curtis Sliwa. And when it comes to illegals and migrants, no one has been more right from day one than Curtis Sliwa. So you're on his show all the time. And last night, he took some video, Sean Hannity and Fox News, of, I guess, some type of scrum in Times Square. What happened out what there? What are you, a real Brit? Scrum? <laughs> yes. Wait, next you're going to be talking what? about fake phony fraudulent for Casey football, right? Don't forget, my daughter goes to college in Europe. But, but what happened last night with you in Times Square? All right. Did you kill anybody last night? Almost. Almost. Oh, All right. Uh, we're patrolling Times Square now because the Venezuelan gangbang is ruled. They control the deuce. Can you imagine this? We put them up in all these hotels, $500 a night, culturally appropriate food, iPhone, cell phones, health insurance, moped, right? Mopeds and motorbikes with no licenses, no registration, and they're rolling up and down the streets. We, we rule the night. In Spanish, they're saying, we rule the night. I said, where are the cops? And my guys, some of them who speak Spanish, you know them. They say, man, these guys are flexing. They're going in and out of these stores, and they're shoplifting like they got it. You know, they've learned the American way. And Alvin Bragland in Manhattan, you can walk in, walk out with a whole bag of stuff and no com- consequence. Like I said, well, no, there's one minor consequence. All of a sudden, this uh, feckless governor, who I hate. In fact, I dislike her more than Cuomo. I hate to say it, but I do. She's out there criticizing Alvin Bragg on Fox News. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. She's the only person, the only person with the authority to fire him. Yes, and she can fire Eric Adams, swag him out with no plan. She can fire the man. She can fire both of them. And what does she do? Nothing, because she's full of shizzle. Full of it.